This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. This episode of Bushwick's Breakaway is brought to you by the New York Firehouse Grill in Peekskill, New York. I know what you're thinking. I'm nowhere near there. But hey, if you are in the Westchester area, specifically Peekskill, New York in the future, you have to go to the New York Firehouse Grill. Here are some reasons. Listen, for Ranger games, they do in-game audio. They do gold lights. They have great food. So if anyone's looking for a great place in Westchester to watch the Ranger games with fellow fans and eat really great stuff together, scream and, and listen to Sam Rosen all night, and why wouldn't you be? You should go to the New York Firehouse Grill in Peekskill, New York. If you want to check them out, it's NewYorkFirehouseGrill.com. Tell them Ryan sent you. The, known, the owner is a diehard Ranger fan. And tell him you were listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway. And we decided to come down here. I'm sure they'll treat you right. All right, let's get this podcast started. Fans, welcome to a semi placeholder episode of Blue Shirts Breakaway. It was supposed to be episode 99, but uh, Greg, say hello. Uh, oh, hi, Ryan. Hey, I'm not Greg Kaplan. Not no, Greg it's Kaplan. me, Dis- Discount Greg. James. Discount Greg is on the podcast. Um, Greg's either... Which somebody, ca- somebody called me that on Twitter once, wow, and I thought seriously? it was the, fun- the funniest thing. And then they tweeted after, I didn't mean that in a mean way. I, yo, anytime you're discount anything, it's in a mean way. I don't care what it says. Um, listen, Rocky's here. Let me explain what's happening with Greg first, though. Uh, I think he's either really sick or he's in a deep sleep coma. Uh, I cannot get in touch with him, so I'm hoping he's okay. Uh, in, in place, I've called Discount Greg to do a placeholder episode for right now, talk a little bit of Rangers. Don't want to miss a Tuesday morning episode, and we'll have, uh, we'll have Greg and I record a full-length Blue Shirts Breakaway at some point in the next, I don't know, two, three days. So look I prefer out. I prefer opposite Kaplan to discount Greg if this is gonna stick. I'm oh, just gonna say okay. that. Okay, opposite Kaplan will go with. We'll go we go. with. <laughs> so opposite Kaplan, James Clark, prospect expert on the pod with me, Ryan Mead, your host. Uh, listen, Ranger Hockey is here. Last time we talked, it was a season preview. You were on last episode as opposite Greg. We are three games deep, ladies and gentlemen, well, we and are, ladies and not gentlemen, whatever you prefer. It's 2017. 2017 sex, sex positive podcast. We've sex, talked about that before. Uh, listen, it's been a rocky start. I think to say the least. 
I was expecting a little bit more out of this team. Uh, the Avalanche, who are already your second team, as we've, we've mentioned before. Are... Yeah, that's that's noted. Can I just say that Varlamov is still a really good goalie? And it kind of pissed me off that people were calling him second tier because he kind of carried the Avs to a playoff spot and like some decent seasons. And when he died last year, they completely shit the bed. Like uh, they would have they would have had easily five to ten more wins with a healthy Varlamov. I, I did not as you know, I'm still learning the rest of the league as I slowly host this Rangers podcast. Uh I know Var- a lot about Varlamov the- finished second and third in Vesna voting, and he used to be the goalie for the Capitals. So mm-hmm. I mean he's pretty solid goalie. He's better than trash tier, as people on Reddit were calling him. I, uh, Var- Varlamov has done that like so many times. You can go through his stats and it'd be like 50 saves against the Capitals. Avalanche win 4-1. Like, I- I- I'm not that upset about that game. They should have beat the Avalanche. The Avalanche are trash. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, sometimes you run into Varlamov and he's pissed. He was and pissed. And that's fun. Uh, he played out of his mind. Henrik looked... He looked bad in that first game. Yeah, that's he fair did. to say. I think he, looked he looked rusty. Ba- I think he, he didn't looked play rusty much. in the first two. You know, it's not he just... Didn't, he, he didn't play in the preseason, though. Do you remember seeing him in the preseason, like, ever? No. He played, like, half a period, and he's like, I'm too old for this shit. He was like Michael Strain. He's like, I'm not doing training camp this year. I'm going to try like, and save a lot of my takes that I have for the real show this week, I guess, whenever uh, Greg's alive. But Well, by the time that happens, there'll be, like, three more games that have happened. So. That's what I'm saying. I think we're going to record after two, Tuesday night's game. I think if we record tomorrow night during the game, like, that's silly. We might as well just wait. Until Wednesday night, I guess. So we'll, we'll figure something out with Craig. But uh, Henrik finally returned to form against the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, did, he, did he return to form, or the Montreal Canadiens just that bad? Both. Both is true. The Habs have scoring trouble. Uh, it turns out that letting Alexander Radulov walk is kind of dumb. Hmm, interesting. <laughs> yeah, hot take there, guys. Radulov, good at hockey. They probably should have signed him. To be fair, uh, they did get Drouin, uh, who has not you know really done much so far. Uh, Drouin's looked good i'm not gonna blame him for not having like you know i mean let's just say he's no mika's advantage ad oh uh i just want to say that he's no mika's advantage ad hold on <laughs> I, I just got a text from gregory himself rip placeholder episode nobody will ever hear this nope nope we're gonna we're gonna add him in right now let me, i'm gonna say let me know <laughs> let me know when do you want me to go so you no you stay right okay? here stay okay. right here don't leave this will be the intro to the podcast pretty excited about this uh, and then we'll, we'll do the whole, we'll do the whole thing over with Craig. Uh, and then we could, we could have you sign off in the, in the middle of it. I'm sure he'll sign on very groggy. Uh, this, <laughs> will is be great. A, this is great. A classic episode. This is, yeah, this, this will be a classic. Uh, already a classic. So Greg, Greg said, uh, I'm here. I'm here. I warned you about this. So he did warn me. <laughs> I'm glad Greg's alive. Uh, you should title that. You should title this the one where Greg calls it. The one where, uh, the, our, our guest, Greg Kaplan. All right, let's keep chatting Rangers till Greg comes on. I, I like to fill airspace anyway. So, uh, yeah, no. We're talking about uh, Radulov, right? And Drew N? Yeah, I mean, like, the Habs are a bad team, probably. But, uh, and they had two goals called back. And I think one, it was pretty fair to call back. Uh, the other one, I don't know. Like, they were offside, but I don't know that the Rangers bench would have called it because now you get a stupid penalty if you screw up on that play. And, uh, they looked the, the the Leafs game was the weird one because like everybody I saw the notifications but I was at work and then I was in your Puerto Rico stream so I didn't watch any of it. We're gonna talk and then about, I watched. We're gonna Port- talk about that. Uh, but uh, I I went back and rewatched it and I was like, how did you let Mark Stahl score on you? Wait, how did how did Mark Stahl score in a game and they lost eight five? Like what weird shit show of a game was this? And Mark Stahl didn't just score in a game. He scored and had an assist. Like, he looked. He looked like he looked like a competent puck moving defenseman for twelve minutes. It was kind of impressive. You know, it's funny you say that because I think Mark Stahl can be a competent defenseman for twelve minutes. 
It's the rest of the time. I'm it's, worried. It's, it's the other nine minutes they leave him on the ice. Yes, and I, I will say I have an article coming out about Mark Stahl on our brand new website. Wow, look at this plug. BlueShirtsBreakaway.com, where we have <laughs> plug. where we have many different writers. Yeah, 12 minutes of Mark Stahl. Five different writers right now, including you and me. Uh, my first article coming out, a very nonsensical article about Mark Stahl and movies I'd rather watch than watch him play defense. And, Can I uh, just say how hilarious it is that I wrote this heartfelt article about Dominic Moore and he scored the first yeah, fucking goal of the game? I was like, you wrote this beautiful article about Dom Moore, and I was like, oh man, this is really sentimental for James. And then he plays against us and scores right away, and I feel like shit. Like, oh my god. <laughs> I was like, I love you so much, but please lose this game. Yeah. Oh, the Leafs look good. They look like a serious contender. Holy shit, does Patrick Marlowe look like a man possessed in every single game he has played in? Their third line is Marlowe. Kadri Komarov. Yeah. Okay. How sure. the how the fuck do you defend against the Maple Leafs? I don't know. It's not it's not possible. It's like, oh, well, we beat the Matthews line. What's that? Van Riemsdyk, Bozak, and Marner coming over the boards? Well, fuck. Uh, <laughs> guess and, guess we're guess we're getting scored on all night. And you know what? Matthews is gonna take another step this year, which is also not great for the rest of the league. Uh when's the last time you were scared of the Leafs? Phil Kessel, two thousand and twelve? Uh no, I wasn't scared of them then. Mm, okay. I have I haven't been scared of the Leafs since the season before the lockout. All right, well, I mean, they're obviously a team to be uh, to be messed with at this point can, in time. Can we just talk about, like, this is the best time to be a hockey fan because there are so many great players at once and there are so many stories and, like, the Oilers are good, the Leafs are good. It's, like, a fun time to be a hockey fan. This is uh, going to be a fun season. Now, here's the twist. It might not be a fun season for us. <laughs> uh, there it is. Can we talk about how much it sucks that – they had two bad games, kind of, and Mark Stahl was immediately up there in the top pairing with McDonough. We're going to get into that as soon as uh, uh, the real the re- real Greg Kaplan please stands up. And, and, uh, and Brendan Smith has been bad through two games, but Brendan Smith is notorious for, like, two weeks of shitty play at any given point in the season. It's too fair, so is Henrik Lundqvist, like, at the beginning. Like, uh, yeah, that's, that, that's fine. Uh, uh, I, I've been impressed with... I've been impressed with Kevin Shattenkirk in ways that I didn't think I would be. I agree with that 100%. Because I was like, I knew knew he was good. I'm an Avalanche fan, so I watched him on Colorado, and then I watched him get traded to St. Louis for peanuts, kick the shit out of my Western team for years and years and years. You should clarify, you're a Ranger fan and a Avalanche fan. Yeah, yeah, because I love hate, I love to hate myself. That's that's what it is. Yep. Medicine. Blame Peter Forsberg. I love small Scandinavian forwards. <laughs> just just the way it is. Uh, but like he has looked incredible. Like the things he can do with the puck on his stick, you don't realize until you watch him twenty minutes a night for your team. So I watched him a little bit in the playoffs for the Capitals, and I wasn't really impressed. Of course, when we signed him, I was like, "Holy shit, we got this guy who's like the quarterback of this team." And I watched hey, a little bit get, of highlights. Let's, but... let's let's get the best one of the best power play and puck moving defensemen and pair him with the dilapidated corpse of Brooks Orpik. That seems like a great plan. Oh. Let's play Carl Olsen for twenty five <laughs> minutes a night. Oh, what's that? We almost lost to the Leafs, and oh, we got to play the Penguins, and we're dead. LOL, Caps. Yeah, that's uh, that's. Exactly what happens, I guess, right? Uh, yep, pretty much. That's the story of the Capitals. It's the Caps' year this year, though, in case you're wondering. Ovi scored two hat tricks in a row. He's ready to play. Oh, that's great. Did they lose to Columbus, the Rangers, or Pittsburgh in the second round? I'd like to get my bet in now. It's one of them. It's guaranteed. Uh, at, at this point, though, back to Kevin Shattenkirk, the physicality he provides all of a sudden, the like. Like when I was it the it was the Habs game where some player's name I don't remember got on a breakaway and Kevin Shattenkirk was just like yeah you feel this this is my hip destroying your side I cu- I couldn't believe it I was like I didn't know this guy and was I physical. was like I was like well there's no way Kevin Shattenkirk can get back he's not fast enough because yeah. Kevin Shattenkirk's like not the fastest skater in the world and I was like holy shit Kevin Shattenkirk's back oh he hit him okay here we go 
You guys, you ready? Invite Greg Kaplan. Here it comes. This is hot. This is this is hot podcast. This is system. hot. I need to immediately say we're recording. <laughs> Otherwise, some bad things might happen. Uh, but yeah. So, oh, the man, the myth, the legend. What's James doing here? Uh, we're in the middle. We're in the middle of an episode because they thought you weren't coming. So. Uh, oh well, I'm out. I'm going to bed. See no, you later. don't go to bed. Don't go to bed. Why? Are you leaving? I don't want to do this. No offense, James. I don't want to do this episode with you. It's not. He's leaving. No, that, that's that's perfectly acceptable. He's leaving. I told him I we were calling right you, now. and he's leaving. That's it. No, Greg. It's not that. Greg just wants to go back to bed because he doesn't want to do the episode. Yeah, period. we were just. And you, we, we were. We were. That's it. He's leaving. We were like, I'm going to call Greg, and as soon as he's up, and then you, you're you're out of here, James. I said it right at the beginning of the podcast. Is that fair for you, Greg? Yeah. Whatever. Okay. James, thanks for coming this is, on, buddy. This is this is the best. I can't wait to listen to this bullshit. All right, later, buddy. Love you, Kaplan. Love Hope you. you feel better. Hey, we're back with the actual start of this podcast. Greg, you're awake and alive. I know you've had a tough weekend. I also did not sleep this weekend, as you know. Uh, how you feeling, bud? Very tired. Yes, I can imagine. Uh, are you on, like, three hours sleep? Well, no. I've, I've been asleep for about three hours, and then you woke me up, so here I am. I did. Uh, we do this podcast on Monday nights. <laughs> I try and uh, keep that on schedule. That's all. So, uh, welcome. Welcome back to Earth. I'm sorry I had to wake you up for this, but it's, it's important news uh, we got we to gotta touch on. The Rangers are playing actual hockey again. Before we get into that, um, I would actually just like to touch on the fundraiser we did over the weekend. Uh, it went exceptionally well. Uh, I have to thank everybody who stopped by our twenty my 24-hour stream, ours, also called ours, uh, Bullshit's Breakaway 24-hour stream. And uh, we were raising money for Puerto Rico. I was playing a bunch of games. A lot of people who uh, listen to the podcast stopped by, and they donated a ton of money. We raised $1,800 for Puerto Rico. And I have to say, I'm blown away, uh, speechless and very proud of what, what happened this weekend. Uh, it's all going to a really good cause. And, uh, I have nothing else to say. It was a really humbling experience. Uh, thank you so much for everyone that donated and, and stopped by and said hello and said, thanks for doing this and all that. It's, it's really like, uh, something really, that's really nice and almost making me uh, cry for a minute. So there you go. That was an emotional moment for us. And uh, also, uh, we launched a website this week. Bushersbreakway.com, and there's a lot good going on there, so please check that out if you get a chance. That was that, Greg. Any any uh, any words on the live stream? Um, I called you once during it. Yeah, you called I me didn't... at one thirty five a.m. Unfortunately, I had my phone down because I was seriously into a game at that point. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, about, I'm sorry about that. Yeah. my bad. No, I was so I was so drunk that I was sitting in a hotel room, and it was one of those things where I would uh, um, I closed my eyes as I was laying in bed, and as I would close my eyes. I would be in the exact same, like the hotel room would not change, except that two people would just magically appear. Oh, like friends of yours or people that were imaginary? No, people I do not oh, recognize at okay. all. Oh, <laughs> um, okay. And they were sitting in chairs in the hotel room having a conversation with themselves. So then I would open my eyes and it's still the same hotel room. It's just the people are no longer there. So it very much got to a point where I couldn't tell if my eye, like what I was doing. I believe they call that hallucinating. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's true. I didn't have any foreign substances in my body except alcohol, so it was very interesting that that was happening to me. Is that is that not a usual thing for you? That is very much not a usual. Can I thing ask for you me. if you went liquor at the open bar? I always go liquor at the open That's bar. My man, of course you do. Whiskey? Yes. Okay. No, not whiskey. Okay. Rum and cokes all day. All day, all day, every day. My favorite, um, my favorite thing about open bars at weddings is I'll ask for rum and coke, and the bartender almost always says, is Bacardi okay? And I'll be like, I don't give a fuck. You, you can give me it out of your shoe. I don't know the difference between rum. I know it gets me messed up. At the third drink, does it really matter? 
The first drink, it doesn't matter. What are you talking it's, about? It's open bar. You're right. It doesn't matter. I agree with oh, you. It's not even that it's open bar. It, it's just like, I've had this opinion before. It's exactly like beer. Yeah, we, we, but we no disagree on this. We've gone yeah. over this a million times. Let's, alcohol has no taste. What is alcohol? Let's talk. Me, me and James did some bullshitting before you got here. Uh, welcome. I'm just uh, welcome to the podcast. And now we're going to talk about actually all the news I wanted to talk about. Uh, Rangers have signed forward depth uh, Adam Cracknell. And this is a sign that Heedel is now going back to the Czech Republic, right? Very much so. Hundred percent. I think he was going anyway because Davey's a fucking moron. Yeah, let's get on that right now. Uh, sure. I have a lot to say about this. Why would you yeah. keep the kid if you're going to play him four minutes each game? We should have known. We should have known this was going to happen. We should have. There's a lot we're going to get into today. I'm pretty revved up about the first three games, to be honest. I'm just. Dis- I'm disappointed we didn't know this was going to happen. We were living in a fantasy world that imagined um, Av as a different human being, but no, he's still Av. And now that Terry Collins is out of my life, oh, it's time. Oh my god. Oh, there's so much hate in my heart. There's, it's time. Uh, so, listen. Right away. Last week, I lived in a fantasy world where I said to myself, okay, Philip Hedl might actually make this team. We, I, I said yeah. nine games he'd go back, but I, in my head, there was a possibility where this kid was going to rip it up, be like, okay, he's playing out of his mind. I know he's 18, but he's show, like, they, they showed him off in the preseason. They were like, we're playing this guy like 25 minutes. And did they do that because they knew they were going to play him in the regular season? I'm just very confused now. Why was he getting reps if he wasn't going to be on this team? This team's trying to win, right? Yes. Um, the first sign of trouble should have been when the Rangers didn't put Hedo on a power play unit uh, first night of the season. It's It was so weird. You put Hedo on the second line with Nash and Zuccarello, and you think to yourself, he's going to get minutes. He's going to see the ice plenty. Now... Oh my god, that spider is massive. Anyway, um, spider spider update. <laughs> this oh podcast. God, no, that that one it like grew while I was gone. Anyway, um, you put him you on, put the, power on play. the second line. You're, you're expecting fine. So he's not on the power play. You get it. Deharney actually looked pretty good, solid on the power play in the preseason. And to Deharney's credit, he looked more than fine on the power play through three games so far in the regular season. But it's not so much that Deharney looks fine. It's just. You have this untapped potential with Hedo. I don't understand why you would just not see what you have. Because, again, you, if you know you're working in a nine-game window, you just kind of have to throw him to the fire and see if see if it works. You know, I, I'm not even asking for, like, second-line For whatever period. reason, AV keeps him in the lifeboat. And it's just like, well, I told you he can't swim. It's like, no, you haven't proven that at all. All you've done is fuck up the entire reason why he's here. Yeah, the whole reason he's here is to get exposure. Like, he could be back. The whole reason he's here is to see if he can play. And if you're not going to play him, you're never going to know. Exactly. So why are we playing him four minutes? Like, okay, if we played him ten minutes, would you be upset? Uh, Yeah. I, he, he's, if he's going to – first of all, if Hito is going to center Nash and Zuccarello, give him 15 minutes. Just keep the line together. Don't – stop double-shifting Dayarnay. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, why are we doing that? Because AV's a fucking moron. We always here's the thing about AV. We always say he likes to roll four lines. He doesn't really. He likes to roll three, and then he'll fuck the fourth line. Ah. That's why. That's why opening like Paul Carey saw less than eight minutes. Hedo saw less than eight minutes. It got to a point where Darnay was the second line center. Paul Carey was and your fourth. And the reason why Grabner, Grabner um, sees times because he's on the penalty kill. Yep. But for the most part, for the most part. AV doesn't roll four lines. Oh. AV likes to roll 
10 forwards because he likes getting Grabner and VC out there. But fuck all if he's playing the fourth fourth line center and the fourth line, uh, one of the fourth line wingers. Just doesn't care. Which, fine, then. If you don't care, you don't care. That's great. Send Hedl back to the Czech Republic before the season starts and keep Budnievis here. We're not, I mean, we're probably still angry if Budnievis is only seeing eight minutes and getting scratched left and right. Yeah, fair. Um, but we're not as angry. It just, it's almost like one has to wonder because we've had this conversation so many times. We have. How many times have we sung Jeff Gordon's praises? Quite often. Well, I think we're we're good at getting on our knees for Jeff Gordon. I would say that. Who the fuck? But who the fuck runs the ship? We've said this. Like, is is Jeff Gordon? Jeff Gordon just gives him the personnel and lets Av play all the toys. I, I don't understand. Like, why would Jeff Gordon all, be like, "We're dude, we're, we kept this kid here. Let's play him." All Jeff Gordon has to do is be like, "Heedles here. Give him fifteen minutes for nine games, and let's see what we have. And then after nine games, you and I can reevaluate." That's all Gordon has to do. And then A.V. would have to do it. Instead, Gordon's like, here are the 20 players, 22 players, whatever it is. Do whatever you want. But and it, it, gets it, does, it doesn't seem like Gordon gives a shit. If Gordon gave a shit, Buchnevich isn't getting benched in the playoffs, and Heedle's playing. I still think Buchnevich might have been more hurt in the playoffs than, we, than, it, than it lets on. I'm, I'm buying into that theory more and more. Um, I, I don't know why you are, because here we are three games in the season well, and Philip Heedle's already been healthy scratched. Yeah, that's fair. To play seven defensemen. Yeah, that's my next point. Uh, let's talk to about play, Adam. play seven defensemen, and one of them wasn't Brendan Smith. Yeah, there's, there's a lot to talk about there. Let's talk about Adam Crackdale very quickly. Um, sure. Uh, a nice depth piece. I'm not sure why Lettieri isn't giving a shot on this team after playing so well in the preseason. I get that he's not like a real-time player, but again, see what you have. Uh Crackdale. AV, AV, AV hates young players. I don't. Why? Why? I, I can't defend it. I can't but either. I, the, I, we're well past the point of there being proof in the pudding. If AV's not playing Philip Heedle, what makes you think he'd play Vinny Lettieri? I just think Lettieri showed AV loves like whole... AV loves versatile veterans that can fill. And look, this is not Adam Cracknell's fault. He's fine. Oh, Adam Cracknell's fine. I Adam actually. Cracknell, go on, Greg. I'd rather have him than Paul Carey. Oh, absolutely. I read a lot of nice things about Adam Cracknell today, about how some of the Stars beat writers were saying he was one of the most motivated and consistent guys on the team last year. He's an uphill player. Of course, he's got like the hustle, third line, fourth line uh, reputation at this point, but I'd rather have them than Paul Carey. I'd rather have Lee here than Paul Carey. No, nothing against Paul Carey. I just don't think he's a great player. Or Carey is here until fast. Carey is here until fast is healthy. Cracknell is going to then become the extra forward once fast is healthy. I can't wait for and him. Crack- Cracknell can play winger or center and he's basically av's wet dream on the fourth line and he's a little bit more of a hockey player than tender glasses so he's fine but like you said it's it's not even i'm not pro adam crack now it's just if the rangers are required to have that kind of player on the roster and seemingly they are uh 10 times out of 10 i'd rather it be crack now than andrew day desjardins Okay. Desjardins, that's should say. Desjardins, yeah. Which... I don't want this, – this is great. Desjardins is gone. This is basically what Cracknell means. There's no hope Desjardins makes this team with Cracknell being here. So – Can I make a weird, strange point that doesn't matter? Um, sure. I kind of miss Matt Pumple. Like, wouldn't I rather have Matt Pumple playing than Paul Carey? Like, Pumple was, was solid. I – I honestly don't know if there's a big difference between the two. Maybe there's not. I don't know. I I, I, I didn't fall in love with Matt Puppel, but I just – I knew who he was as a player is what I'm saying. Like, why would we let sure. him go to play Paul Carey? Like, 
Matt Puppel, even in the stats, say he's, you know, as we had uh, Sean Tierney on, and he was saying that Matt Puppel was, like, the optimal second line for the Rangers. Of course, he's not, like, really in real life, but at the same time, the guy shows stats. So At the same time, I think it matters that 30 NHL teams passed on Matt Puppel when they could have had him for free. I agree. I agree. And 29 other teams did it last year when the Senators waived him. I also agree. So, I – yes and no – at the same time, it's like when the Rangers try and pass Paul Carey through waivers, I don't expect anyone to make a claim. It, it, look, the, Paul Carey doesn't have to be playing because all the Rangers had to do is keep Heedle and Vinny Lettieri. But AV is so adverse to young players that we're going to send Heedle back to the Czech Republic. And we should say, if Heedle was always going back to the Czech Republic, at least we know now that there is no point in keeping him here because AV is not going to play him. Uh, I'd rather... The decision has been made extremely easy. Like, I want Heedle to play every night. You might as well slide his entry-level contract for a year. Absolutely. There is no point. There's zero point of carrying Philip Heedle because A.V. was never going to give him a shot, so he doesn't need to be here. Uh, with that being said, the Rangers now have a massive gaping hole at center once again with no answers on the horizon. And we know for sure that any answer the Rangers will actually have at center needs to come via trade because A.V. is never going to give the ball to a rookie. I it's will, just not going to happen. I will say this. JT Miller um, looked pretty good at center in the, in the Montreal game. He won a lot of crucial face-offs. Um, he, was, he was playing pretty well. I, I don't know if that's the answer. I like JT Miller as a player. I, I feel like he's evolved even more this year. We're going to get into that. If, if Miller's the answer at center, then Cracknell and Carey are in the lineup at the same time, which means if Fast comes back, one of them is still going to be in the lineup, and that's a problem. That is a problem. Actually, Cracknell might work out for us. I, actually, I, I I think you're setting your, your hopes too high. I think Cracknell is a perfect 13th forward, but you need 12 forwards ahead of him. And right now the Rangers Bobby. not only don't have 12 forwards ahead of him, they barely have 10. Man, I know this is an angry podcast. We're both pretty fucking angry right now. I'd, I'd say that's fair, right? Um, well, I'm angry because you woke me the fuck up. Yeah, but I come, was out. But come on, you knew that was happening. Like, we do this every I, Monday. Right, I set my alarm at 6. It was still going off at 8 o'clock. I believe you. That's impressive. I know. I I was ready. I was ready. To uh to say we're gonna do another podcast another day I was gonna let you sleep I'm glad you woke up so we do it now but I was I was just gonna be a good friend and let you sleep and just say we'll do a podcast <laughs> another day but here we are you you like made a Facebook status telling people to wake me up what I, do you mean you're gonna let me sleep I I I, 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 I woke up I woke up well I, I won't lie I woke up to a single text message from someone okay I I I just made one post in our in our little private group and then I messaged you a couple times and if you weren't gonna wake up I was just gonna say we'll do another day no big deal. Mm-hmm. No big deal. Likely story. No big deal. Likely story. I love you, buddy. You well, I mean, I, I told people I was going to be angry on this podcast, and like, I came into this podcast very angry. I yelled at James for no reason. You really did. <laughs> I, I, I just the first thing I don't want to inter like my normal. We'll get back to me being angry about the Rangers because that's not going to. That's going to happen. But my normal morning routine when I wake up for real, uh, I don't talk to anyone for the first two hours I'm awake, and that includes the hour and a half I'm awake and at work. I don't talk to coworkers for an hour and a half. Yep. I'm like, I don't want to deal with you. I don't want to deal with anybody's bullshit. Let me be. When I warm up, we'll communicate. And you'll know exactly when that is. And God bless my coworkers because they've gotten the message. Mm-hmm. Um, they will not engage me in conversation until about 5 o'clock in the morning. And even then, they're very touch and go. Good idea. They let me say the first word. Good idea. Uh, <laughs> when you wake me up, you put a microphone in my face and expect me to interact like a human being with people. It's a – it's – it's a blessing that I haven't ripped your head off I, at some point. I, I listen. I uh, I appreciate you. Is that that's all I can I mean, say? 
I appreciate you. There's three of them are the size of my fist now. Okay. I just, want, never... I just want to say one more thing before we get back to Hey the Rangers. I think we've done great things together. I think we're a good pairing. You did all right. You did, you did good this weekend. I did nothing this weekend. Uh, so, I, I got very drunk this weekend. I think we've done a great job with the website so far. I'll say that. My article's coming out tomorrow, hopefully. That's the plan. <laughs> the article you were going to have ready this time. I will listen. I raised $800 for Puerto Rico. I was a little busy. You were, at the same time, you, were, you said you'd have the article done before the fundraiser. I said I'd have it done before the fundraiser, and then I said on Monday. A little bit of procrastination. I kind of died also. And, and then it's still going to be Tuesday tomorrow. You're not going to have it. I will have it tomorrow. We'll see. Uh, we'll, see. we'll see. But anyway, anyway, but to get back to the point, Drew Way has some great fucking articles on our website. You must read. Uh, Pretty good. I'll, I'll say that. Chris Kreider and the, uh, the Plus Minus article are amazing. We're going to have more to come. Stay tuned. Back to the Rangers. The time has come. We talk about it all off season. We had the defensive pairings in our head. We were like, man, Mac and Shat, we're gonna have an insane number one overall pairing. Third last of two games. Third game. Last <laughs> two games. Oh. I was. It was partially joking, right? The entire off season, we were, we were, we were kidding, or at least we would say we were kidding because it would be too depressing for it to be true. Mm-hmm. And it took three games for it, it took, to be true. It took three fucking games and now the, the worst part of honestly ryan the worst part about it is that we won that montreal game it, it's just it's the exact same thing like the playoffs it's when tanner glass came into the lineup and the rangers won and i was like god damn it now it's gonna be a thing because there's no way there's no way if he goes back because not only did the rangers win they they shut out the canadians first of all 100 hank the reason why we shut out the canadians 100 they were they were terrible defensively. Uh, they weren't just they, terrible defensively. There was, uh, even on offense, we were getting outplayed. There was, uh, I, I saw the numbers. I, I know Hank stopped, I think, 30 plus shots. Luckily, I have it but right here. Someone, someone pointed out that the Canadians had like 64 true shot attempts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that is alarming. We had, uh, uh, he, saw, he saved 34 shots, Greg. 34 shots. Um, I, I think it was. It was either Sean Tierney or our guy, um, recurring guest Sean Tierney, or our friend, uh, not a Mika Mika McSomething. I'm sorry, I'm forgetting his name. I'm going to look it up as soon as I'm done with this rant. Anyway, um, one of the big chat chart boys showed a chart that there was a one minute thirty eight second shift from Nick Holden that resulted in five shots on goal and six true shot attempts by the Canadians. <laughs> Oh, uh, Nick Holden. In a minute and 38. That is incredible. That's hard. That in that short <laughs> amount of time, the Canadians were able to pepper off that many shots. That, it's, it's hard to do what Nick Holden did on the ice. I, I will say that. Nick Holden had uh, only registered, quote unquote, two giveaways. But I'll say he, uh, he did at least five. He had a, he had a giveaway uh, that was like right in front of the net where he just handed it to a Montreal player in, on the blue line. I was like, okay, that's great. Wonderful news. Uh, Statistic, statistically speaking, the Holden Camphor pairing may have been the worst Ranger defensive pairing in history. There was, it was abysmal the entire history. time. And they played, they played 16 minutes. Oh, they played more than 16 minutes. Camphor and Nick Holden played 17 minutes, both. And there was a time where Camper got double shifted and got stuck in the zone. And Camper was really noticeable in the game. He was okay. Uh, but he was only, and I was talking to Drew Way about this, and he was only noticeable because he got stuck out there. And he was playing so many, so much time. Like, D- by the way, Tony D'Angelo, three minutes! What the yeah. fuck, A.B.? Did D'Angelo, did D'Angelo get a five-on-five shift? Uh, maybe not. 
I think you got uh, he, one. I think you got he, one. He has one here because his power play time on the ice is a minute 37. He played 345. So he, he may have gotten – he got less than five, five on five shifts. That's safe to say. Uh, that's embarrassing. It just – but at the same time, we've seen this again. There was one game last year where A.V. dressed seven defensemen and Clendenning literally didn't see the ice. I – which it goes back to my point. AV, we've talked about how blah, blah, blah. He loves rolling lines. He doesn't. He likes playing 10 forwards. He loves playing 10 forwards. He loves the top nine and he loves Jimmy VC. Yeah. And then he'll play, if he has to, another winger. And if he has to, a fourth line center. But if it's AV's world, he'd love just having three lines and just fucking the fourth line entirely, which in its own right, it's just it's asset management with AB. That's the frustration. I think as a hockey person, he's not that bad. I like his system clearly works. He's won bundles of regular season games. His winning percentage with the Rangers is over or hovering around 600, which is fantastic. He goes to the playoffs every year. He knows what the fuck he's doing and at the same time he's so fucking stupid. I just because I, he, he just doesn't know how to he, he's given Shattenkirk McDonough, he's given Shea Smith, and he's given Tony D'Angelo. All he has to do is not fuck up that last defensive player. And not only does he fuck it up, he exacerbates it by making Mark Stahl play top-line minutes with Ryan McDonough, who then has to play once again defense for two. And not just that, but the benching Smith part, fine. Smith did not look good in either of the first two games. Okay, if we're going to hold veteran players accountable and be willing to bench them. I respect that. If you're going to say Smith didn't look good in the first two games, cannot bench him before you bench Mark Stahl. Oh, and also, if you're going to play seven defensemen, you should probably play the seventh one more than three minutes. Like, I I don't really get it. It, Nobody made AV play seven defensemen. If AV wasn't going to play D'Angelo, don't fucking play him. Just, like, if if honestly, if you're 12th forward, you're only going to give four minutes on the ice, just play Paul Carey. Because at least Paul Carey is a winger. Right. The only reason D'Angelo stayed in the lineup in AV's mind is like, well, I, I, he's on my second power play. I got to keep him on that. I got to keep he him on. He has no flexibility. He has no flexibility. He's the most rigid human being I've ever watched in my entire life. AV is – we could give AV 10 Alex Ovechkins and two Tanner Glasses, and Tanner Glass would be the first and second line center. I actually – He'd find a fucking way. I find, is, my, I, I find it really hard to disagree with you. I'll say that. He's in the, the thing that pisses me off, it's, in, it's indefensible. It is completely indefensible. There is, there's no way anyone can sit back. The only way people can sit back and say it worked is because the Rangers won 2-0. They shouldn't have won 2-0. They won 2-0 because Henrik Lundqvist reminded people that at 36 years old, he's still a fucking G, and reminded people that the first two games of this year, Hank definitely looked sloppy again on Thursday night to open the season. No defending that. At the same time, even Sloppy Hank would get a win in that game if Semyon, Semyon Varlamov didn't play out of his fucking mind. He was I didn't out, watch, of it, out of his mind. Out of his mind. The Rangers should have scored five goals. And that's not even me exaggerating. That's The Rangers should have scored five goals. Oh, I watched that uh, game very carefully. Uh, out of his mind, Greg. It was... Stood, we, 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 call, we say when people stand on their head, Varlamov stood on his head and did fucking jumping jacks upside down. And we, are offensively that night, we looked like a powerhouse. And th- I think this is a nice transition to get off the hate 
uh, train for at least five minutes. Uh, oh, no, we're going right back. Okay, okay. You want, you want to come back right now? <laughs> or I'm, 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 the, the train has left the station. I'm very much aboard. I bought, like, two tickets for this train. Okay, speaking, um, speaking of tickets, the ticket prices for the uh, City Field game are absurd. Yeah, probably not going. I, I, I know we said on this podcast we were definitely going. I don't have to pay two hundred dollars to freeze my balls off. I could take a TV, watch outside, and sit at home and I, drink beer for cheap. I think uh, we'll see. I I might. I don't know. I'm on the fence, but I know I I've, I've been leaning no, especially because I'm going to be hungover as hell. I'll say that. Uh, yeah, I, the odds are low. Let's talk about the goods, the good things that's okay. happened so far. I think there's actually a significant amount here. Let's start there's with plenty. Let's start with the obvious. Mika Sabinajad. Oh, go Ooh. one step further. KCB. Yeah. KCB uh, is the new goal of game line. It's, They're incredible. It's something else. Uh, I'm, I'm actually getting chills right now talking about this. kind of weird. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's almost like, you know what would make all this easier? If mm-hmm. Gorton just lied. Like, if AV, <laughs> we could just give him a drink that, and Gorton tells him things like, oh, you don't remember D'Angelo last year? Yeah, no, this is his second season. If, if AV <laughs> just assumed these guys were second-year players, yeah. I think he'd treat them differently. Because... The the treatment of Pavel Buchnevich last year to this year is oh uh, it's it it's jarring. And this is how Buchnevich should have been treated last year. But the fact that I'm I'm at least happy we got here because he's a fucking magician. And the KCB line is the most beautiful thing my eyes have ever seen on the ice. One step further, our number one power play unit is so good that not even Scotty Arneo can fuck it up. So good. All right, let's talk let's talk let's talk more in depth about this. Let's I just said let's talk like four times. That's how excited I am. Mika Zabinajad looks like a whole different player. I know he's chill, he looked like this last year a little bit in the time he wasn't injured when he was playing, but right now, uh he's a bona fide C1 center. Like uh one C center No question. Uh bona fide. No question. He looks amazing on the ice. And that trade more and more by the day looks absolutely ridiculous especially and the extension the rangers gave him this offseason seems like a bargain it seems like an absolute bargain especially if he's gonna be playing this level of course guys we're it's overreaction theater right now we're to steal a term from a podcast i used to listen to a long long time ago uh but that that's where we are and so far mika's has four goals has looked absolutely dominant and is probably the future star of this team or is a star almost the star of it now i think it's one of those weird things where when you look at the kzb line Kreider is the name casual fans are going to recognize first. Right here, buddy. I don't know. They're so good, the three of them together, that I don't know if you could say one is going to be a bigger star than any of the other. Because I personally, I don't want to see this, but it's almost one of those things where I wonder what would happen if you broke them up. Like, say you put Zook and Nash with Zibanejad, Kreider plays with... Here's the problem. You, you, you break up that first line, the rest of the team just falls to shit because we don't have any center depth. Um, it's just, when was the last time you watched a range game was actually excited that they were on the power play? I, I can't remember. I, I don't think there was a time. <laughs> there, when when the first power play unit of KZB, Zuccarello, and Shattenkirk is on the ice, uh, it's it, it's not just that I'm I'm excited to see them. I'm now at a point where I'm almost expecting them to score. It's and weird, right? And if not right? score, at least create three bona fide um, chances. And Zook playing with the, that line is just something else. The passing that Zook adds to those three players in general. Actually, listen, I take that all back. Shattenkirk revolutionized the power play here already. And it's only been three games. It's very scary. 
and me and James quickly talked about this in a couple minutes before you came on, but Shattenkirk is a player I did not expect. Uh, I expected him to be very good, but the physicality and the actual how good and crisp his passes are and how well he sets up the power play, I've never seen anything like it. I, or or at least in a Ranger uniform. Am I wrong to say that? Well, it's, well, it's been a no, long time. As well. Because even Shattenkirk is what we all wanted Keith Yandel to be, but Keith Yandel also got AV'd, so I'm not ever sure we really saw what Yandel was possible of. But even if we saw Yandel at peak Yandel, he's still not Shattenkirk. And Shattenkirk on the power play is orgasmic. He finds people, he creates opportunities, and more importantly, he controls the zone. The Rangers, I've the first three games, it feels like when the Rangers are on the power play, they may not be taking a shot in the first 30 seconds, but they are just they're just leaning on opposing teams like a boxer against the ropes. Like they're just wearing them down. That's a great so analogy. that when they do have a shot open up, it's prime, the defense is tired, and the Rangers will likely be able to get a rebound because nobody will have skates underneath them anymore. It it's methodical and the Rangers power play has not been methodical in years. I feel like every time the Rangers on the power play, it's the same thing. Someone dumps it in, they chase, they try and regain possession of the puck more times than not. The puck is cleared now. And by the the way, and we get scored on, you forgot that part. Right. But now the Rangers control the zone before the entry. Once they're in, they're taking their time to set up exactly what they want to do. And seemingly every time they're on the power play, they find, the exact opening that they want. And more times than not, if you keep doing that, you're going to keep scoring. Um, and it's it's remarkable. And it's it's Kevin Shattenkirk, like you said. It's the fact that he is a bona fide number one quarterback on a power play unit. And it's KZB. The KZB line is it's perfect. It doesn't need to be touched. I don't even know if it needs to be coached right now. They're, everything they're doing is in complete unison and it's just lovely to see. And this is the thing that pisses me off is this is what Puchnevich has been capable of since day one. Injury or no injury, when he was healthy and on the ice, Navy didn't give him the go. And when Navy's not going to give you the go, you're not going to be able to see this on a nightly basis. But at least, again, at least we're seeing it now. Uh, and I am grateful for that. And I pray that AV just doesn't touch this line at any point during the season unless there's an injury. But it's also AV, so I'm expecting Puchnevich once Fast comes back, to somehow find his way back on the fourth line. Okay. I don't know how it's going to happen. Okay, me too. So but, let's talk about this real quick because yeah. uh, I've been studying Bushnevich pretty hard these last three games. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of his, as everyone should be. Yep. He looks much stronger, first off. Let's get that off the bat. He like I know we've, we've had people come on to this podcast and say he has thighs of steel and, and legs of a horse, but he has been much more physical. He laid an amazing hit in the Montreal game uh, against uh, Shea Weber, and in general, he's looked much better. But my worry here is, just like you said, is AV sends him down to the third line somehow. And that is a real possibility that happens. But Bushnevich is showing right now already what he's capable of, which is being a top-line winger. He's incredible. His passing is pristine, and it's setting Mika Zavinajet up for goal-scoring opportunities he's never had. I mean, don't get me wrong. Zuccarello is very good at doing that also. But Bushnevich yeah. has a potential that to be unlocked uh, and is developing right now that's special. It's different. There, there is no reason to ever touch the KZB line. I, there, there just isn't one. It's, it's one of those things where like you figured it out once. Now figure out the other, other two or three that you need to figure out. Mm-hmm. Like, do not create more problems by 
continuing to search for other answers. I also think the thing that is benefiting Buchnevich is the one thing, if there's ever been a knock on his game, is he's not exactly the world's best um, defensive zone player. But every time Buchnevich is on the ice, he's usually on it with one of the top two defensive pairings now. And I think that's created um, ease of mind for him, where when Buchnevich was on the third or fourth line, there were times he was going out there with the likes of Stalin Holden. And if you're out there with Stalin Holden and you're not a great defensive zone player, that's only going to get exacerbated. Now he's consistently on the ice at the same time that Ryan McDonough is. And I think, at least mentally, it's taken a load off for him defensively, knowing he when McDonough's on the ice and you're a winger, you don't have to be perfect. Yep. You have to be just good enough. And I, I do think that makes a big deal. Now, of course if he's going to be joined on the ice at the same time as McDonough and Mark Stahl, you have to be a little closer to perfect because you're playing for four. Uh, but I do I do think him being on the top line helped because it also means he's playing with top defensive pairings. Pushnevich looks like he's even better defensively this year. I know it's a small sample size, but he, he's showing physicality even on the defensive end, kind of like I said. He he is hustling. He He is living up to his potential, and I hope he continues to do that. Uh, other bright spots on this team, I would say JT Miller. Like I said, he's kind of been playing some sort, somewhat of a good center for right now. Uh, Rick Nash kind of doesn't look, you know, he looks like Rick Nash, an old Rick Nash. He's not bad, uh, but he hasn't been noticeable. I, I don't think he, he definitely had a Rick Nash moment in Montreal where he like went to the net and didn't score. Uh, it was pretty Rick Nash of him. But- I think part of the problem with Rick Nash is. Look, wingers play better when they're consistently playing with the same center, just familiarity and chemistry. And Rick Nash, the first three games, who's been the second line center for the Rangers? Yeah. Gun to your head. It's supposed to be Heedle. It's but not. Lord knows he hasn't gotten the run. It's DeHarnay. So <laughs> David DeHarnay playing with Rick Nash and Matt Zuccarello might not work. And this is exactly what our problem was in the offseason when we said signing DeHarnay was perfect because he's a perfect third or fourth line center where those are the kind of guys you want him playing with. But as good as DeHarnay has looked, it's it's just not working when you put him with Rick Nash and Matt Zuccarello. And if it's not going to work, you have to find a solution. And in the preseason, that solution was Philip Hedl, who did look good with both of those guys. And now you've created the, exactly what I've said about moving Buchnevis off the first line. You've created more questions while searching for one answer. And when you do that, everything's thrown off. And you're right back to square one. One has to wonder, honestly. Back in the summer, when we made the step-on trade, I think we both cautiously liked it because not exactly 100% sure you wanted to step on at the rate he was going. Uh, You were intrigued by Tony D'Angelo. You're intrigued by the seventh overall pick. But if this is what we were going to get, which is D'Angelo not playing and Leas back in Sweden, Mm Mm-hmm. And, a- and AV showing no signs that when Leas comes over here from Sweden, he's actually going to get run because just look at Heedle, case in point. I'm glad Leas went back now. Well, why make why make the trade? Are the <laughs> Rangers if 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 D'Angelo was going to be either scratched, barely playing, or in the minors, if Anderson was going to be Anderson and or Heedle not going to play with the Rangers this season, would the Rangers be significantly better? Right now, with Derek Stepano with Tony D'Angelo. Uh, and I yeah, think the answer is very clearly Stepano. Uh, yeah. <laughs> because, because one, Stepan would be playing. 
um, heavy minutes every night. Yeah, two, he'd be number two center. You wouldn't be taking you wouldn't be taking away ice time from a young defenseman that should be playing, or the young defenseman that we'd be crying about is not D'Angelo but Neil Pionk, who you have under contract on an entry level deal anyway. Um, you'd answer the question about what to do in your top six center ranks. You wouldn't be looking to trade for a center. You, the step on trade becomes less logical from the Rangers side of things every day that AV remains the head coach. And every day that AV remains the head coach and the Rangers don't make a move for a center. It remains. Because again, if, if, if the Rangers whole goal was we don't need to make a move for a center. We have two young centers. We just drafted in the first round. One of them was going to stick. If that was the Rangers goal going into training camp and to begin the season, which I think clearly it was, then it never made sense for AV to remain on as head coach because it was just never going to happen. Let's talk about Gordon actually for a second and that trade. Looking looking at it now, now that the season has started. You kind of went into this already that obviously Stepan would make this team way better. I agree. I think it's very obvious. This team, we agree, both agree, is rebuilding on the fly, right? Like they're Gordon's getting ready for five years from now already. It seems strange that we would make that trade if that wasn't the case. We're on the last... That almost signals to me right now that the season has started that we don't believe that we can win the Cup. We're getting ready for five years from now, and we think Henrik's window is closed. Am I wrong in thinking that? Yeah, because I think if the Rangers were truly... I never liked the term rebuilding on the fly because it has to be an organizational model for that to be true. And the Rangers were never going to be rebuilding on the fly if A.V. was going to be head coach. A.V. doesn't do rebuilds. He doesn't. You're right. And he's always going to play veteran players over rookies. And if you have a head coach who is so determined to stick to his model and try and win every night with that model, then you can't call it a rebuild on the fly because Mark Saul was always going to play and get heavy minutes. And the Rangers were always going to look for veterans to fill out the bottom of their forward ranks over young players. So you cannot be rebuilding on the fly unless you're actually playing the kids. But the Rangers are very clearly not playing the kids because Paul Carey made this team. Yeah. You've already claimed Adam Cracknell. Mark Stahl is getting more minutes as opposed to less. And Tony D'Angelo's benched and Filipinos going back to the Czech Republic. And Pionk is in Pionk and Lee like Thierry the, are in the AHL. The the thing I hate are people out there like, well, look at Bruchnevich. He's on the second. There are legitimate people who think the narrative of AV not liking young players is completely debunked because Bruchnevich is on the first line. Uh no. No, because you missed the entire season last year then. If that's your argument, you literally didn't watch hockey last year. Yeah, he's... And you didn't know what happened with Buchnevich last year. He screwed Buchnevich a lot, even in the regular this season. Is, this is this is Elaine Vigneault. This is his track record. He, he does this year in and year out. And for some reason, all of us convince ourselves that, well, maybe this year is going to be different. It's not going to be different. This is fucking him. He hates young players. He will look to give veterans minutes as much as he can. And regardless of how much talent a young player has... He doesn't feel comfortable playing rookies. Remember last week when he we doesn't. were like, why is Camper uh, on this team? I guess we know now. Camper's on this team because I think AV legitimately thinks Steve Camper is his sixth best defenseman. I agree. I think the only I think the only reason AV didn't play Camper the first two games is Gorton was like, no, we need D'Angelo. And and as soon as as soon as Gorton gave AV the window to be like, all right, first two games went poorly, defense looks shaky, let's change it up. AV pounced on the opportunity. Honestly, I was I I was I was a little frustrated, but I wasn't angry the Rangers lost the Avalanche because again Varlamov played so good that I don't can't know be mad about that. Team. Can't be mad about that. When when a goalie is that hot, it's just like the playoffs. A goalie, the hot goalie is always going to win, 
Hank looked a little shaky. Varlamov looked like it was March, yep. and Varlamov won. The Rangers had plenty of opportunities they couldn't score, and it was no fault to their offense that they couldn't score. Semyon Varlamov was a brick wall. Yep, that's it. Uh, I didn't watch the Leafs game, but it's always frustrating when your goalie gets pulled, you somehow still tie the game up, and yet you then collapse in the third well, period. Let's talk about that. Well, I didn't watch the game, so well, I can't really I, talk about I, it. I, I, I want to just touch on this point. I didn't watch the game either. I did watch the recap because I was doing the 24-hour stream where I raised money for Puerto Rico. Thank you so much. And uh, it went really well. But Pavlik, our backup goalie, dude. Like, I'm, I've been saying this all offseason. I'm really worried. I no, I want to throw it out. Any goalie that comes in mid-game, throw it out. That doesn't even count. Okay. Matt Murray came in mid-game against the Blackhawks and gave up six goals. Yeah, he got annihilated. Are you going to tell me you're worried about Matt Murray? No. <laughs> I honestly, honestly, it's not like when you bring in a goalie off the bench, it's not like going to the bullpen in baseball where uh, Pavelic that day, I think, was prepared to never. Is that never called I'm sorry about that. I mean, it's me. I don't know. What, I, look, us, butcher names, never. Never, never, um, never, not once. Never this podcast. Bush Rich Breakaway, not one time. I, I, it is much more rare for a goalie to come in cold off the bench and become shut down than it is to bring in a. I expect when a goalie gets pulled that more goals are going to happen. I don't care if if it was Hank that came on for Pavelic, I would expect more goals to get scored. It's goalies coming in cold off the bench rarely ever works, and it's it's always a panic move, and I I don't read into it at all. And the case in point I use is, look, Matt Murray came in the game against the Blackhawks and immediately gave up six goals. Agree. And you're not going to tell me that you're going to be worried about Matt Murray. You're not. No. Guy's won two Stanley um, Cups. He's, you're so not no. worried about him. I, I, let's, let's watch a game with Pavelic from start to finish and go from there. At the same time, if those are the six defenders that are going to play in front of your goalie, yeah, I'm worried about Pavelic too because I'm worried about Hank if those are your six defenders playing in front of you. It's – it has to be a whole unit. It has to be cohesion. Well, Smith has to step it up for sure. I, I know he'll 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 get his game right. I'm not worried about him. I'm not sure if he, look. There's a very good chance Brandon Smith doesn't see the lineup again next time the Rangers go out. You think tomorrow he doesn't see the lineup, or today? Today rather. Sorry. Has, has, have, you, have you ever seen anything from Av? In Av's mind, he doesn't see how the game went or how the game was played. He saw the he final. Sees the final score was two nothing. Yeah, you're right. And the final score was two nothing with Mark Stahl on the top pairing and a defensive pairing of Holden and Camford. That's what he saw. In fact, I think the one problem he saw in that game was, well, I'm down a forward, and I need another forward, which is why the Rangers went out and got cracked crack now. Yep, okay. I, I've, I've never seen anything from A.V. in the years that he's been here where he'll see a 2 nothing game and think there was a problem. Has this been our most heated podcast since last year's playoffs? I think so, right? What have we Easily. had really to be well, we, haven't, we haven't had anything to yeah. I just feel like this um, was a really intense show. It, it's just – it's an intense show because – the answers are simple, seemingly. It, I don't think you need to be – you don't need to be an NHL coach for 15 years. You don't need to be even 21 years old and watching hockey in college to know that there are solvable solutions to the Rangers' problems. Uh, it's, it's, it's almost like – it's not exactly like it, but it's kind of like when a country elects – a president who's not capable of being president. Hey, stick to sports. And then complaining about the country not exactly working correctly. Stick to sports, bro. Stick to sports. <laughs> fuck it. Whatever. I no one. ESPN's not going to suspend me for whatever the fuck I want to say on this podcast. I love how the um, hill, the hill covered the Jamel Hill story. That was one of my favorite things of the day. Her own website. 
<laughs> I love how I went on Twitter to see, to read more about the Jamel Hill story. And I got very distracted by Mia Khalifa sliding into Gilbert Arenas' DMs. Is that one of the most amazing Instagram posts of all time? Because I think it is. Here's the thing. Gilbert Arenas is straight fire on Instagram. He does Everything care. he posts is gold. And if it's not gold, it's about his family. And you're like, all right, cool. Gilbert Arenas is a dad that cares. It's just... Gilbert Arenas knows exactly how to use Instagram, and he's perfected it. I, rem- I remember one Instagram sticks out a lot where he was recording himself breaking into Nick Young's house. Uh, he's fantastic. That is so I, love, I love Gilbert. Gilbert Arenas' Instagram makes me wish he was still in the NBA. It's, uh, there's a lot of reasons he's not. We'll say that. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's perfect. Anyway, AB, fucking well, moron. Let, Rangers, fucking morons. Okay. Because I'm honestly right. We're at a point. Jeff Gordon is at least complicit because he's not stopping it. It's one of those situations. It's like, you, you, I can no longer just be angry at AV because this is AV. And I now have to be angry at someone else. And it has to be whoever is letting AV make these decisions. And that's Jeff Gordon. So regardless of all the good Jeff Gordon does, if it's not going to be put into practice, then what the fuck is the point? This episode has been brought to you by a lot of cursing and anger. Uh, oh, grandpa's going to be Oh, grandpa pissed. is pissed at this podcast. Woo! Bushwitchbreakaway.com. All right. Uh, let's go on to a little bit of a returning segment, my friend. You ready? Mm. National holidays and the upcoming schedule. The the return of the segment. We'll go through it quick. This Tuesday, today, October 10th, it's National Metric Day. How come America doesn't use the metric system? It's, it's so be too easy. It's so dumb, it'd be right? Too, it'd be too easy. I, I just feel like math- – Look, when you, can do, when you can do something that Liberia does as well, you got to do it. Yeah, I just don't understand. Like, I know we like to be loners, do our own thing, but metric system, like, it's all in hundreds and tens, man. It's so easy. Like, what, so easy. what are we doing? The only thing I like is Fahrenheit. It's a little more accurate. That's all I'm saying. Is it? Yeah. I feel like if you grew up with Celsius, you'd be like, this is fine. It, I, I agree. I think I, just, all of Europe uses it perfectly fine. <laughs> yeah. I, and the whole conversion thing has never made any sense to me because it's like a sliding scale and that. Fuck off. Um, but, hey, a zero is freezing. That's, that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, and anything below freezing is super cold. It's almost like a line was drawn and it's easy to understand. I honestly think, like, sure, Fahrenheit's easy for us to understand because those are the numbers we've seen at all times. But right. you grow up somewhere where they're using Celsius, that's the number you're seeing all the time. I'm sure it would make perfect sense. You're probably fine. Well, versus the Blues, Shattenkirk's old team should be an interesting game. I predict uh, that'll be a tough one. I don't know. Blues play today. They're going to be on a back-to-back. That's fair. I, I just think it's going to be tough. Ter- Tarasenko. Tarasenko's been off to a slow start a little bit. Um, yeah, he did well today. Oh, did he? I missed today's game. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. Jake Allen did well. Tarasenko did well. But again, it's a, it's a back-to-back and the Rangers are quote-unquote rested. Um, I, it, the, they'll get, let, me, let me put it this way. If the Rangers were not the same defensive unit that they ran out Sunday against the Canadians, against the Blues, we're not winning. Okay. <laughs> Saturday, you're going to love this one. Playing the Blue Jackets mm. in Columbus, October 13th. International Day for Failure. Wow. Uh, right up, AVZ. Like <laughs> wow. We are uh, – I don't feel good about that one for pretty obvious reasons. Every, every day is an international day of failure for AV. But who – guys, the guy, AV's had a lot of good accomplishments. Let me defend him for like two seconds. I know you're going to say, has he? Yeah, he's taking the team pretty far. I, I know I've said this once before. I'll say it again. He's the George Carl of the NHL. Whew, man, that's a – 
He's blaming, George Carl. He's George blaming, Carl's like he's, third all time in NBA wins. He's blaming a lot of dads. Just, a lot of dads for issues with basketball players. <laughs> he, he, well, clearly he hates young guys, so maybe AV's got some dad issues. Some dad issues, yeah, maybe, but possibly. Um, and then I, who makes these up? And then uh, we're in a in a back to back, which is fine for us because we're playing the Devils on October fourteenth. Uh, two holidays I found here that I kind of like: International Cassette Store Day. What? There's like, is there is there one cassette store left on the earth? No, right? I don't know. I don't maybe, think so. Maybe in the middle. There's not even FIEs fan. anymore. Those are going out of business. Uh, I used to work at an FIE arcade. Rest in peace. Speaking of that, we'll get to that in one minute. Uh, a little bit of nonsense segment. And uh, National Costume Swap Day. What? Costume Swap Day. Swap Day. Like you both wear costumes. You're like, you know what? Let's just switch. What? I feel like you would do. I feel like that should be the day after Halloween. I where, agree. Like, this is what I wore this year, so let's get something new. Let's swap it up. Yeah, I, I think it's a smart idea. I don't know. Playing the Devils. Uh, yeah, any only game. I don't. I honestly, the, with AV making lineup decisions that he's making, I can't confidently say I expect to beat anyone at this point. I think we'll beat the Devils. Pretty fair about. Pretty pretty. Feel pretty Devils strong. Devils are feisty. Yeah. Devils are feisty. They scored six goals today. What's up with the NHL, dude? Like, just everybody scoring six goals. The new rule changes. Well, this is what. The, yeah, this is what the NHL wanted. Okay, we're, I think we're going to save this for next week because I, I, we're, we're running a little uh, long on time now. If, well, not really long, but we're hitting the, hitting the hour mark. It's late for us, both of us. And, uh, the, NHL wanted, the NHL wanted to increase scoring, and they did. We'll talk about the, the, more, the more penalties are being called. Um, slashing it's, it's and all that is ridiculous. Yeah, it's, harder, it's harder to play defense now than it was last year. And if you're going to create, if you're going to create more shots, you're going to you're going to directly create more goals. It's a weird time in sports. Uh, I want to get into it next week. We'll do that then. We'll preview that next week. Uh, and then, so let's talk a little bit about what's going to happen now that I've raised all this money. Uh, you are coming down to my house uh, mm-hmm. to stay the Thanksgiving weekend. I am. And we are going to our Blue Shirts Breakup William E. meetup that Sunday. Uh, dear, our, good, our good friend Dan is, is hosting that. And we'll be meeting some people there. That'll be a very fun time. That Saturday, the day before. Uh, since I hit the $1,500 goal, some generous donors, one person donated over $400, which is because they wanted to see this happen. Uh, I will be going to Buffalo Wild Wings in a John Franco jersey or shirt, and all of it will be recorded. Now, if you've been listening to this podcast for a long time, I hate John Franco. hate him with all, all of my guts. I hate him. So I'm going, I'm going with you when this happens? Yes, sir. That's good. He might be the Mets bullpen catcher by the time this happens. Oh, Jesus. Um, that's, that's not even me being funny. That's a legitimate chance. That's real? The, yeah, the Mets. Dan Worthen's gone. Um, I think right now it's a three-horse race for who the Mets want as their pitching coach. Um, and I think regardless, Ricky Bonus is currently their bullpen coach who the Mets are going to interview for the pitching coach opening. And I think regardless of Bonus getting or not getting that job, they will have a new bullpen coach. And all signs have pointed to John Franco. Franco wants to get back into coaching. The Mets obviously love John Franco. He's the club's all-time leader in saves. I swear to God, if he ends up as a real head coach one day, I'll freak the fuck out. I don't think so. I think he's too old at that point. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if John Franco was the Mets bullpen coach. Point of the story, I Because what, what does the bullpen coach even do? I don't even know. Like, what, the manager calls I, I, the bullpen, the, right? I mean, like, the bullpen coach, I guess, in a way, helps the pitchers get warmed up. And if that's really what, like, if there's if, if a coach thinks he has a legitimate strategy to how how best to warm up a pitcher, I guess I would want a former reliever being the bullpen coach. And John Franco has appeared in more games as a left-handed reliever than almost any other lefty reliever in baseball. I think it's like him, Jesse Orozco, 
and I, I don't even I think I don't even think Billy Wagner comes close to the amount of games that Franco appeared in. But like like if Franco thinks he has a science for how to properly get Craig? Oh, Craig, Open. oh we lost you for a second there, buddy. You back? No, you're gone. Greg, you still there, bud? I think Greg is gone, ladies and gentlemen. No. Greg. What happened? This is a guy that... Oh, no. Fucker. You know, I'm going to even put my camera on. Oh, Greg, Prove you're back. I've been here the whole fucking time. Oh, Greg, you're back. You're back. You were gone for a good five seconds there. Uh, I'll cut that part out for us. But uh, I don't know what happened. I've just been yelling. I know. You, you've been perfect sounding the whole time. So let's just wrap this thing up, okay? Uh, oh, makes sense as bullpen coach. That's okay. all I was saying. Okay. That's fine. We're wrapping this thing up. Sorry that you caught out there for a second. Bullpen coach don't make sense. Doesn't fucking make sense. Uh, I'm really happy hockey's back. I'm happy we have this podcast. I'm happy we have the website. I'm happy I raised all that money for Puerto Rico and everyone that helped. Thank you so much. Uh, Greg, I'm really happy you woke up. I thought this podcast worked out fucking phenomenally. Hope people enjoyed it. We're going to be angry and going at it all season. So uh, come back next week. We've got a lot to store. Greg, any final words? Coach. I think, you said, I think you said 80. And to anyone who says fine, then who? I, at this point, just anyone different. Give me someone different to be angry at. And that won't be happening. Because this team could be good. I, I, this team could be good if we just had a – it's asset management. That's the whole part of this. It is. The roster's there. Can make a good team out of the roster the Rangers have. I agree. And we're given fucking this schmuck. Schmuck. All right. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Blushers Break. Follow me on Twitter at Orion Mead. Follow Greg at un- Caps underscore Locked. And uh, we'll be back next week. Look forward to see you then. Greg will be wide awake. His he'll he's, he'll stay woke the whole time. I mean, <laughs> I'm just. That, I know. That, now you. Mm. Listen, I'm just... <laughs> All right, we got to go. I love you, buddy. Peace out. Bye-bye. All right. Would you like me to stop recording at this point, Craig? You do you, man. I don't care. Well, we're in the we're, we're in the middle of... We're in the midst of talking Rangers right now. You want me to restart? You do you. Are, are you okay? Oh, well, I'll stop I'm recording. fucking exhausted. I'll stop recording. Hold on. One second. I'll cut that part out. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.